Welcome to today's episode of EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. Today, you might have noticed something a little bit different. The deep voice is probably a giveaway. I'm your host, Jay Pottinger, the General Manager of EQ Minds, Chelsea's husband, business partner, and a speaker as well. I'm joining you to share this week's mindful tip, and it's all around loneliness and how to stay connected. But before we get started, 78% of you that listen to this podcast do not subscribe. If you've ever enjoyed it, could you please do me a huge favor and hit the subscribe button? This helps more than you know. The bigger the podcast gets, the bigger the guests get too. So thank you. If you want more support for your business, at EQ Minds, we have designed a corporate workplace wellbeing program for you. It's called The Mindful Journey. We work with the world's most incredible brands, including eBay, Commonwealth Bank, Optus, Johnson & Johnson, Estee Lauder, just to name a few, training professionals in every field to take care of their mental well-being. These workshops equip your team with the tools and motivation they need to become mindful high performers. So let's get started. I want to talk to you about an incredibly important topic, connection, because stealing the words of the US Surgeon General, we are in a loneliness epidemic. We are seeing this in Australia, but also this trend is all over the world, witnessed across many countries like the USA, UK, Japan, and many, many more. Let me start by sharing some really sobering statistics with you. A great place to begin is from a recently published report called The State of the Nation, Social Connection in Australia 2023. It's fabulous and also somewhat scary. A big shout out to the amazing work of Dr. Michelle Lim and her incredible team that collaborated across many universities to publish this great report. So many of the key findings show that about one in three Australians feel lonely, with one in six being severely lonely. And if you're in the USA, it's even worse, with one in two reporting loneliness. And I would typically put this down to being a male-dominated stat, But the research actually suggests otherwise. Both men and women are feeling the same levels of disconnection here in Australia. And no surprise, young people have the highest levels of loneliness and are being impacted the most. Now, one of the things that really got me thinking and concerned from the findings is that there is still this very negative perception of loneliness. People are ashamed to not only talk about it, but also that they will be perceived negatively. In fact, almost 50% of people believe in this. And many view lonely people as having some form of negative trait, which to me is just crazy. One of the things that we really need to address is this belief, and it's weak to admit you're lonely, whereas it should be the opposite. It should be applauded to admit it, to take action, to address the problem, but we'll discuss this in more detail later. And so why is it such a problematic issue to have this in our society? Well, we all know that disconnection is a problem, 
but why? Well, you are more likely to have depression by a factor of 460%, anxiety, 410%, and a poorer overall well-being, 500%. And more than that, we actually become less productive and less engaged too. We are already starting to see our economy and our health systems start paying the price for this epidemic, and this is only going to accelerate. The US Surgeon General even says that loneliness is the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day when it comes to the impact on premature death. So why is this? Well, it turns out from an evolutionary perspective, when we are disconnected from our tribe, our group, well, we're thrown into a state of stress, which is helping us to get out of this danger. And yet, our circumstances and our environments have changed dramatically from back then. But guess what? We still get that inflammation today. And if we are chronically lonely, then we are likely to be chronically inflamed, which just causes so many health issues. And then I think something that is often missed in terms of the impact on society, with more people becoming isolated, there is an increase in divisive, polarizing, and even aggressive behavior. I love Mike Tyson's quotes. He has some absolute crackers, and his take on social media rings true. Social media made you all way too comfortable with disrespecting people and not getting punched in the face for it. Classic Mike. But it's true, right? Behind a computer, behind that mask of anonymity, it really is easy to be inflammatory, to treat people poorly in a way that you know most people would never do in a face-to-face situation. So a real problem exists, that when people become isolated, they don't feel part of a society a tribe of groups. They can start seeking groups to accept them. And on an extreme level, people can even end up in fanaticism. And we have seen this play out in a variety of different and sometimes devastating ways. So how do we get here? It hasn't just started overnight. There has been a gradual change in our society structures. Our workforce and society has become more mobile which means some of the fabrics of our community and our connections have been destabilized. We certainly move locations far more often now. There's been changes in our traditional groups and circles. Think the local youth groups, less community activities, a decline in participation of religion. And our families, our extended families, have become more dispersed, which has meant that core structure has changed dramatically. And then, of course, let's not forget about technology. More connected than ever, and yet more disconnected. The very tools created to connect us have made it incredibly easy to disconnect from real connections, from face-to-face to establishing those real relationships. It's far easier and more convenient to scroll on a phone than to make an effort and get out and to get real. We might have more online friends, but these are not very deep in quality. And then time. Obviously, this plays a huge factor. We are all very busy, busy at life, busy in work, busy watching our screens, too busy to invest 
in our friendships, our family, and our community. For many of us, careers take front and center. Our friends become our work colleagues, and over a period of time, often decades, we just haven't spent the time nurturing our old non-work friends. And guess what? Our old friends are doing the exact same thing too, being too busy to reach out to us as well. And so that gap increases the friendships wane. Now, not to throw some of my good mates under the bus, but hey, I will. A few of them are really, really good at saying the old throwaway line every time that we catch up, oh, we should do this again, or let's catch up later, knowing full well that that ain't going to happen unless someone else organizes it. And finally, in terms of how do we get here in the state of loneliness, many of us, we use work as our outlet for a connection fix. And that is great. But the pandemic meant many people have started working from home. They've lost that avenue for connection. They're not spending time in the office. And this has left a big gap. So where to from here? We need to take action, both from top down, but also a bottom up approach. Some of the structural changes we need from government and companies could include things like investing in research to really understand the problem, building infrastructure to support communities, the community centers, sports, the arts. And then from companies, well, we need to have workplace design to drive collaboration and connection investing in training for things like conflict resolution, and the list goes on. But what about as individuals? Well, the great news is that we can take action. We can control our own narrative. But, and this is a big but, it takes effort, it takes time, and sometimes it will be uncomfortable. Some people are not naturally extroverted, and so that means it can be difficult. However, the payoff is fantastic and definitely worth it. We need to get on the front foot, start planning activities into our daily lives to be with people, proactively scheduling time in the calendar, organizing things, catching up with friends, making new friends, putting ourselves out there. And maybe even going back to the office a few days a week will help us reconnect with our work friends too. So, What has worked for me? I know for myself, I got a really rude awakening last year. Chelsea and Clara went away on holidays without me. And after the initial elation of having some time to myself, oh, that glorious me time, that quickly turned to, wow, I'm actually pretty lonely. I realized I depended on them so much for my social interaction. Most of my non-work-related people activities were organized around both of them. And look, I'm lucky I have good friends, but most of them don't live locally and we only catch up on occasion due to distance and let's be honest, life gets busy as we know. And whilst I know loads of local people, honestly, I never really invested a great amount of time in building close relationships. So this was a bit of a slap in the face. I needed more friends in my local community. And so one of my goals at the start of the year that I wrote down on my goals list was that I was going to invest time every single week in making local mates. So step one, I joined a Friday run club. Now, considering I don't run, this is probably a pretty weird choice, but 
After the run, they catch up for a coffee every single Friday morning, and I'm often there. So a big shout out to Mitch, the captain of the run club, who has done a great job of creating an awesome little community in our town. Step two, I joined a Saturday fitness group. Kudos to Stu and Alex. It's called Fit Dads. Now, I can't claim that I made the name up or that all of us are actually that fit. In fact, I nearly threw up last Saturday because the intensity was so tough, uh, well above the normal cadence. So thanks for that, Alex. That's beside the point. The point is that we can find our tribes. We can find things that we enjoy. We can invest our time, invest our resources. And by making an effort, it's amazing how easy it is to make friends. And guess what? It might be a little awkward at the start. You have to put yourself out there. You have to have some uncomfortable conversations as you find your people. And it won't be as convenient as scrolling on your socials. Believe it or not, many of us have lost the skill of making friends because we haven't done it for so long. But that's okay. We can relearn it if we are willing to try. As another example of a group I've joined, um, and we've been doing this for over five years now, and it's a group of Sydney dads, but we started a little group called the Steak Collective. It's centered around, you guessed it, steak, and trying to find one of the best steaks in Sydney. So every two months, we set a time and we go to a new restaurant or a new pub and we have steak. That's the only rule. You have to have steak. And thank you, Andy, for that. It's been a great way to really engage with other people who are just trying to get out of the house and have some fun. It really is incredible when you get out and investigate. There are so many great local initiatives, clubs, communities on just about any topic or theme that you can think of. Find something that interests you, something that lights you up, and use that as your springboard to become part of a tribe. As we finish this podcast, take a moment to think about what you can do right now. Don't be the one in three that are lonely. And if you are, well, that's okay too, because you can change it. What groups can you join? What friends can you call? Invest your time, invest your energy. It will be a great investment in your connections, in your community, and your health too. I really hope this podcast helps you, a friend or a family member. And always remember, you have me and the entire team here at EQ Minds to support your journey. Have a great and connected day. This podcast and the information contained therein is made available for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide medical advice. This information should not be used as a substitute for competent medical advice from a licensed specialist, doctor or psychologist. Thank you.